John chapter 8, verse 36. Such a privilege to be able to minister the Word of God into the family of Atlanta West Pentecostal Church. Why don't you look at someone beside you and say, I'm blessed. Man, some of you just, are, just refuse to do that. That's all good? Amen. We give honor to Brother Johns. We're glad he's able to take some time to be in Florida and do want to continue to pray for him as he ministers Friday night. Brother Joel is ministering at the Florida Youth Camp. I encourage you to continue praying for him as well. In Jesus' name. Book of John, chapter 8, verse 36. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Why don't you look at someone and say, I'm free indeed. God bless you. you. may be seated. That was a little better. So this Monday, it's July the 4th, and our nation will celebrate the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And this momentous event formalized the efforts of courageous colonists who to establish a new nation built around a foundation and a framework of unalienable rights and freedoms. The Declaration of Independence would, of course, lead to the Constitution, which would lead to the amendments that have followed. And certainly there have been some undeniable dark chapters in our nation's history where we struggled and even failed to live up to those principles of freedom that we were founded on. But today, as citizens of the United States of America in the year of 2022, I think we all have the privilege to live in and enjoy the freedoms of the greatest country on the planet. Amen. And if you're struggling to believe that, don't buy the lie. Just travel abroad to any continent you want and I dare say you will be quickly reminded and gain a renewed appreciation of the wonder, the privilege, and the freedoms of being a citizen in the United States of America. But we're going to leave that celebration for this weekend because tonight I feel directed to remind us of a greater freedom that we have as sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. It's storming outside. It's raining. My wife would rather be chasing the thunder than being here, but she's stuck. And so are you. Amen. Let's just hope the power stays on. The freedom that I'm speaking of this evening is a freedom that is superior to the political, social, cultural, economical freedoms that we enjoy as citizens of the United States. I'm talking about a freedom that you and I cannot obtain on our own, no matter how courageous or brave that we might be. It is a freedom that is bestowed by God alone. John 8, our text this evening, is in an amazing gospel, the gospel of John, and John 8 captures an amazing day in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. I don't have time to walk through this robust chapter, but in John 8 and 31, Jesus begins to teach what real faith and true discipleship looks like. Verse 31, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if 
you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. As Jesus begins uh, this part of his conversation, he immediately places the emphasis of this passage on abiding in his word. This is the key to being a true disciple, that we would listen, that we would reflect, that we would hold fast, and that we would live out the word of God, that we would understand and that we would believe and that we, we, act, we would act on the truth of who God is. He is the mighty God in Christ. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. You see, only the truth of who God is and what he has done can make you and I free. And Jesus makes this clear. If you abide in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Stunned by his words, the reaction of the crowd revealed their spiritual blindness. Verse 33, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? You see, the Jews, they were so proud of their heritage, they could not grasp the reality of their national bondage. They brilliantly wove a story that conveniently forgot Egyptian captivity Babylonian captivity, captivity and just blatantly ignored the Roman soldiers that ruled with a rod of iron and a sword of steel their country. They completely misunderstood on an even greater level of, dis, of misunderstanding what it meant it to have an identity as children of Abraham. They assumed that by their birthright, they were right with God. They failed as a people to comprehend that they were not exempt from the slavery of sin. And so Jesus goes right back and, and takes them head on in verse 34. He answers, most assuredly, like this is true, pay attention, focus on what I'm saying. I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. His audience, probably you and I understand, a slave has zero rights. You can have the best relationship on the planet with the master, but ultimately 
your existence and your rights are at the whim of your master and you have no right to remain when he decides or she decides your tenure is over. But that is not the case with the son. A son has both relationship and rights and Jesus makes the two very clear. What this audience failed to understand and what you and I in 2022 can even fail to understand sometimes is that an apostolic birthright, self-righteousness, and even all the good deeds in the world can never deliver you from the bondage of sin. Only, only through the Son can anyone be redeemed from the slavery of sin and be reconciled to God as a son and as a daughter of Jesus Christ. And only when you have been redeemed, and only when you have been reconciled, when you have been translated from a slave to a son, from a slave to a daughter, only then can you know what it means to be truly free, to be free indeed. That's what Jesus was teaching them, and that's what Jesus is teaching us. So let's take a quick tour tonight of what it means, a little bit of what it means to be free and to be free indeed. First and foremost, as we've already mentioned, as children of God, we are free from sin. You and I, born again of spirit and of water or water and spirit, we are free from sin. We, we no longer have to live under the haunting penalty of sin, which is separation from God. This is why Paul would write so amazingly and beautiful in Romans and Romans chapter 6, and I thought about just reading the chapter and saying amen, but I won't. But in verse 5, Paul said, For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. In verse 17, he continues, But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you become slaves of righteousness. Verse 22, But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, I and many of you, 
I was a slave living under a death sentence. But mercy came running down my road. A gracious God made a way of escape. A merciful God redeemed me through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And now by grace and through faith, I have repented of my sins. I have been water baptized in Jesus' name for the washing away of those sins. And I have been filled with his abiding Holy Spirit. And so on this night, I, like many of you, can declare that I am no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. I am free from sin. I am free and I am free indeed. Amen. And because we are free from sin, we are also free from condemnation. No longer do the shrill screams of shame have any hold over us. No longer do we have to live with our head hung low and our shoulders slumped under the weight of condemnation of who we used to be and what we used to do. You know where I'm going. But Paul wrote in Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. As children of God, you and I, we are free from the cruel chains of condemnation. Our identity as a son or a daughter of Jesus Christ, it's not about who we used to be, and it's not about what we have done in our past. Our identity is in Christ alone. Our identity is that we are a child of God. Paul would write the Corinthians in his first letter, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And if that offends you, you better be careful because Jesus or Paul wrote, and such were some of you. None of us have the right to disdain anyone struggling in sin. None of us have the right to feel that we've arrived or that we're elite. We only have the right to fall on our knees and give thanks to God that as Paul would say, such were some of you. 
but you were washed, but you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Such were some of us. Everything I've just labeled, it's on the resume of people like me and like you that are in this place tonight. But such were some of us. But we have been called out. We have been redeemed. We have been washed. We have been sanctified. We have been justified. And now, now our past is not condemning. Our past is not a source of shame. But our past is nothing more than a testimony to the amazing grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was who I was. Yeah, that's what I did. But I've been born again of water and spirit. I've been made a new creature in Christ. That's who I was. But that's not who I am now. I am free from condemnation. I am free. I am free indeed. Praise God. Praise God. We rejoice in our freedom this evening. And that's not all. As children of God, we are free from fear. Paul said to Timothy, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. John wrote that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. David wrote, great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Isaiah declared, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yahweh the Lord is everlasting strength. Yes, you're right. Satan absolutely seeks to frighten us out of our minds, spinning webs of lies to entangle us in a death trap of fear. He wants to intimidate you into abandoning your faith in God. But as children of God, we have been delivered from the suffocating bondage of fear. We are not to be tormented by fear. We should not be bound by fear. We are free of fear. Surrounded by God's love, empowered by his spirit, and authorized to act in his all-powerful name, you and I have dominion over every power in heaven and earth and in hell. You are one powerful ambassador of heaven. And when you speak the name of Jesus, I don't care how weak need you might feel, you are the most dangerous force on the planet. You should be and can be free from fear. Whether we are faced with uncrossable seas, insurmountable walls, unbeatable giants, hungry lions, unquenchable fires, inescapable prisons, stormy seas, 
incurable diseases or demonic attack, fear no longer has a hold on us. Did not David write, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, even in the face of death, we are free from fear. Because Paul wrote, we are confident, yes, well pleased, rather, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So come what may, as children of God, we are free. We are free indeed because we are free from fear. Why don't you look at somebody again and say, I am free indeed. I wish I had time to dig a little deeper, but I need to hurry. So not only are we free from fear, but we are free from hopelessness. Professing all sorts of religious, philosophical, political, and social liberties, this world is nonetheless, in spite of the signs and the slogans and the hashtags and the tweets and the and the post, in spite of all of that about self-rule and liberty, our world is overwhelmed by crippling anxiety, mass helplessness, debilitating depression, and utter hopelessness. You see it in the eyes and the faces and the screams and the anguish of people and the anger of people every day. Promising the erroneous freedom of self-rule, the gods of this world have deceptively lured generation after generation into the self-destructive hopelessness of sin. But that is no longer our story. We have hope. We have a hope that is anchored in the saving work of Jesus Christ. Paul told the Colossians, to them speaking to us, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. As sons and daughters of Jesus Christ, we should not be hopelessly bound by anxiety or chained in the depths of depression. I'm not denying the reality of mental illness, seasons of depression, and walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But even at your lowest point, you still have hope because the psalmist declared, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Paul left no doubt furthermore that our hope is not just in this world, for it is not. Our hope is in a place that we will spend forever with Jesus Christ. It is an eternal hope. As he told the Thessalonians, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning those that have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died, and rose again, even so God will bring with them those who sleep in Jesus. 
For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we will shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. So we are free. We are free from the hopelessness that chains and binds the people of our streets and our communities and our workplaces. We are free from the crippling hopelessness that, that, that if, if I don't get my way politically and if I don't get my way socially and if I don't make, get my way economically and if life doesn't line up to the way I think it lines up, then it's all over. It's all, life's not worth living, but that is not who you and I should be. We should be able to square our shoulders and hold our head high and in the lowest point of suffering and in even in a season of depression and even when we are battling anguish beyond description, even there he is an ever-present help in the time of trouble and he will never leave us and he will never abandon us and even in the valley of the shadow of death, he will see us through. He will walk beside us. He will even carry us so on our worst day, we have hope. We have hope. And if it's all over, and if our story is done, then blessed be the name of the Lord. For some glad morning, we shall see Jesus in the air. We are free from hopelessness. I'm almost out of time. But as children of God, we are also free from deception. Paul said, but even if our gospel is veiled to the Corinthians, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Satan deceives unbelievers, but you better understand he relentlessly seeks to deceptively lure you back into the slavery of sin. But you and I are not ignorant of his tactics nor blind to his deception. For the psalmist declared, your word is a lamp to my feet and it is a light to my path. That's why Paul and John would emphatically write Paul to the Ephesians, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And John would say, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him 
and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Brothers and sisters, we are free, and we are free from deception. When this world is being whipped back and forth by every whim of doctrine and by the philosophical constructs that are ever evolving, you and I are not so. We are anchored in the truth of who Jesus Christ is. We have hope, and we are free from deception. We read it in our text, John 8 and 36. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Free from sin, free from condemnation, free from fear, free from hopelessness, free from deception. That is the freedom that we enjoy as sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? amen? But I'd be remiss if I didn't clarify, like Jesus taught in John 8, Paul taught in Romans 8, John taught in 1 John 1. Being a child of God and enjoying the freedoms that we are celebrating tonight is not merely profession. True discipleship is the faithful practice of abiding in his word, living or walking in the spirit, and walking in the light of truth. When we do that, when we by faith live in obedience to his word, when we live not carnally minded but spiritually minded, walking in the spirit, when we walk in the light as children of the light, then and only then do we get to enjoy a freedom that this world cannot give. This freedom that I'm talking about, the freedom of being free indeed, is not merely a celebratory milestone on the calendar. This is a freedom that warrants a life of continually rehearsing and rejoicing over our reality. And tonight, that really is what I've come to do, to remind you to never forget that in and through Jesus Christ, you are free and you are free indeed. To remind you that in every season of life, you have a reason to live in celebration. You have a reason to live with perpetual gratitude. You have a reason to endlessly express your praise and adoration to Jesus Christ that you can remember and that you can rehearse and that you can rejoice that if the Son has made you free, you shall be free indeed. If you're able, please stand this evening.
Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to deceive, turn aside, manipulate. The billboards are bright. The commercials are enticing. The models are airbrushed to perfection. But behind the facade is an imprisoned cell of slavery. The untold backside of sin is worse than any nightmare Hollywood can produce. It's so disturbing, man cannot even describe. The horror of living in bondage to sin. God forbid that you and I step back from the freedom we should live in and stoop down back into the bondage that we have escaped once before. That through Jesus Christ, hear me, hear me, you are free from sin. You are free from condemnation. Quit listening to the lies about your past. Go into the deepest dark closet, sling the door open, and let the light of the truth of Jesus Christ liberate you from the chains of shame. You are free from condemnation. And you are free from fear. Don't battle fear. You might be attacked by fear. It might be natural fear. It might be a spirit of fear. But you better bow up in the Holy Ghost and plead the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Quote the word of God. It is written, great peace have they that trust in thy law. You will keep him in perfect peace. And you, we are free from hopelessness. Don't allow the political and cultural and social turmoil that surrounds us to cause you to think that it's all going down the drain and we come Lord just take us out of this mess it's a mess but we're here with purpose and we're here with mission and we're here to be a difference and we're here to proclaim there is a better way there is a way of hope there is a way of freedom there is a way of peace there is a way of power there is a way of integrity there is a way of purity why don't you come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Don't stoop down to the hopelessness of this world. We are not citizens of this world. We are citizens of a country we have not yet arrived. And we are free from deception. We are free from the lies that we can be our own God, that we can be our own pastor, that we can pick and choose what we want to do. That if we feel a chill bump on Sunday, God's pleased with our life. We are free from that deception. We walk in the light of truth. And in the light of truth, there is everything that we could ever desire and want. 
we are free and we are free indeed and if you've just been struggling and you've just been discouraged and you've just been wondering how it's all going to work out i've just come to remind you tonight that just lift up your head and lift up your eyes and rehearse remember the goodness of god rehearse what you know to be true and when you rehearse why don't you rejoice why don't you lift up your heart and your hands and your voice whether you're here or at home when you gather your family around we're going to rehearse the goodness of god and we're going to rejoice in the freedom that we are free and we are free indeed